Welcome everyone to a special episode of Tech Cars Machines. It's special because this episode is shorter than typical and it belongs to a thematic group resulting from our trip to CES 2023 in Las Vegas. It'll also sound different because the interview was done on the convention floor and this introduction was recorded on the run at Las Vegas Airport. The theme for this group is sensing, meaning the technologies used by machines to understand their environment. Note I said machines, not autos, as you might expect. While a lot of sensing R&D is focused on autos, many of the near-term applications and revenues will, in our opinion, actually be in non-auto sectors, such as industrial machinery, warehouses, and so on. Also, in this group of episodes, you'll hear about LiDAR, even though cameras are getting all the attention. Why? Because despite the great progress made by camera-only sensing systems, such as those from Mobileye and Tesla, there are many, many applications, including at autos, in which LiDAR provides substantial benefits in terms of performance, cost, and compute budgets. Furthermore, LiDAR costs are dropping very quickly, typically a precursor to widespread adoption. Without further ado, let's hear from both the CEO and the founder of Lumotive. Lumotive's optical semiconductors turn LiDAR, typically associated with mechanical assemblies and movement, into software programmable solutions. So, Sam, thank you very much for joining us here at CES. Hopefully the background noise isn't going to be uh, too much, but we have lots of digital techniques uh, to fix it if it is. Thank you. Hi, Ali. Good to, good to be here. Good talking to you. It's our, it's our pleasure. Thank you. Sam, um, you have a long and storied career in the world of technology. If you wouldn't mind taking us a little bit about your background, maybe actually even explaining where the last name comes from, Sort of rolling over to the future, to the present, and then we can uh, we can talk about Lumota. I, I I hope you may insist, uh, like, what the, what's the nationality of the last name or where <laughs> it comes from? That's that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. Okay, so I'm Iranian. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for uh, several years. Uh, been involved in startups all my career. Last event was Quantana Communications. That we took it from infancy to IPO, then uh, eventual acquisition. So since then, I was. Uh, doing a few different things, involved with the boards, uh, involved with the venture firm, till Lumotive came along and it was too hard to pass. Exactly. So it was a very great opportunity with the type of the technology that they were bringing together, disruptive. It was not just about a better design, it was about changing the game. So I've been part of Lumotive for about 14 months now. 14, Excellent. 15 months, Excellent. yeah. Excellent, great. You're one of the many executives I know who went to what some consider to be the pretty uh, sort of fancy and lucrative environment and venture capital and all that, but most of you who actually are used to building something yeah. want to get back to building something. Right. What are you building at uh, Lumotive in terms of the products and the end markets? Right. So we do have a, a semiconductor, ch a chip, which does beam steering. The problem, I actually leave some of that for my colleague here to explain better, but the problem of the beam steering in uh, radio frequency has been solved for many, many decades. But uh, in the optical domain, we have not been able to solve that problem in an in a elegant fashion. There is uh, many different uh, brute force methods for it that exist today, such as mechanical, as you probably have seen these LIDARs on top of the cars which are rotating. That's right. Or, uh, you know, the more recent solutions are uh, MEMS based, that you have a little mirror sitting on a little miniature uh, unit which moves around. But having a, a solid state, something which doesn't move at all, and being able to steer the beam from one direction to another, using the maturity of the CMOS technology in order to get the cost and the reliability and the size to the points that are 
easily deployable and widely deployable has not been done since Lomotive came along. And we have taken a, a fresh approach to this. So this is a, a fundamental shift by what we are doing using metal surface uh, materials in order to reflect the light to the directions that we want. And that's the core part of the technology and the chip that we sell is the offering, the product that we have. Excellent. That, that can fit into LiDARs. Do you run on a standard CMOS process? A standard CMOS pro process. A standard CMOS process, equipment, materials. We do, I mean, when I say standard CMOS process, we do tweak the process a bit, but nevertheless, everything is from a, a fab which produces CMOS. Excellent. Great. Yeah. When was the company founded? Uh, 2018. 2018. January of 2018. So we are five years old. Excellent, excellent. And I know we have here sitting in the wings uh, uh, Gleb Axelrod as well, and we'll, yeah. we'll switch to him in a second. But maybe before we do that, if you could lay out uh, sort of the, the end markets that you're headed toward sure. and where you fit in the stack that's ultimately a, uh, the delivered solution. Right. So we are a semiconductor pro provider. We sell to the people who produce the modules or the end systems. And then they could sell to the OEMs who manufacture, let's say a robot, a car, you know, name it. Because we are a semiconductor uh, solution, we have the flexibility to go to various markets. So the markets that we could go to in one end, it could be consumer electronics market. Like an example is a cell phone or a, a vacuum robot, or a, a home robot, uh, such of a thing, or all the way to autonomous driving in the other end. So we like to think of ourselves being able to serve all those markets with the scalable solutions that we give. Our immediate target of the market is the middle market, which is includes robotics, includes factory automation, safety for automotive, security, and such. That's the market that we are starting. Nevertheless, the technology is scalable across all the, everything that I told you about. Last question for you, Sam, before <laughs> we switch over to, to Gleb. When people think about anything with the word LiDAR in it, mm -hmm. they think automobiles. Yeah. Tell us how you view, at least in the near term versus the long term, how do you balance those two markets in terms of size and opportunity? Yeah. I think that you know automotive definitely when you come to autonomous driving and safety they do, they do have a good need and application mm -hmm. for it. Assuming that the cost is right, the size is right, reliability and so forth. But what people ignore is that there is uh, tens of millions of Apple phones today sold that has LiDAR in it. And then there is a lot of other consumer or robotics application which could take a benefit of it. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, there is uh, quite few applications out there that are using it today and you don't realize it or could are targeting to, to use it in the near future. So, and they're very comparable in size, you know, the, to automotive. And uh, more near term, more faster to deployment and so forth. So we are pretty excited about all of those markets. We are not going after a single market here. And that's the beauty of the way that we have a structure ourselves. Great, thank you, thank you very much. Maybe I'll ask uh, Gleb to uh, join over here and step over to the uh, uh, to the microphone here. Come closer, Gleb. I think we've got a good unit here. Yeah, nice to meet you. Oh, good to meet great you. Great to be here. Great to great. Thank you. So, you know, as a person who's been around the tech world, I, I'm an electrical engineer myself. Sam described a number of things that reminded me of phased array radars, uh, the Texas Instrument Digital Light Panel, I think it was called, with the mm -hmm. MEMS mirrors. I think it was MEMS-based yeah. mirrors and all that. Tell me, you're, you're the CTO and founder of the company. What was happening at the time you founded the company where you thought, we need to do this, what we're doing now? 
Yeah, so maybe I could step back and kind of tell you a little bit about my background. Please and how do. It came up. That's what I should so, have asked. Yeah, I've been working in photonics and material since actually before I was even in college. My dad was an optical physicist, oh, so I got started on this over 20 years ago. Good DNA. Yeah, then did my PhD in physics at MIT and then started working in a field called metasurfaces when I was at uh, Duke University, studying how to manipulate optical waves in the same way that people have been doing in the RF domain for many years, but it's been a foundational challenge to how to do it in optics. I joined a startup incubator in Seattle and came up with the idea for this technology for how to manipulate light without any moving parts. And the reason we were focused on this is because this has really been a foundational challenge, not just for LiDAR, but for optical communications, for optical computing, many other applications. It's all about how do you manipulate light without any moving parts. And surprisingly, no one has figured out how to do this despite right, you know, several right, decades right. of research, even though in the RF, it's been done for, for many years. So using the many years of experience in materials and metasurface research, we came up with this technology. So the obvious question is, okay, now you have a solution in search of a problem, and you know, what do you tackle first? And at the time, it was pretty clear that it, this was in the early days of self-driving cars were becoming hot, and it was clear that LiDAR was going to be part of the solution for not just autonomy, but in automotive, but in general, you know, the world is going to be full of machines that are autonomous, whether it's consumer devices or, or self-driving cars or robotics, and all of them need to see the world in 3D. All of that needs LiDAR. And for LiDAR to be ubiquitous, it has to be very low cost. It can't have moving parts. And so that was the perfect opportunity for the technologies to say, okay, we can now build beam steering devices that we can use conventional CMOS manufacturing to do it. We can make LiDAR as low cost and ubiquitous as cameras are, right? Make it in the billions every year. And that's going to enable all this autonomy across multiple markets. Exactly. And that's why I founded Lumotive with the focus on, on LiDAR. And that's what we've been pursuing ever since. I have a little bit of background in uh, lasers myself, and I know when for high resolution ranging and time of flight calculations, everybody forgets that the actual engineers wring their hands a lot about alignment. Mm -hmm. um, is that, and you recall the lawsuit between uh, Google slash Waymo and Uber was really about the alignment technology mm. that mm -hmm. was was in dispute. And I won't yeah. go into the gory details. Yeah. Does your solution assist with the, with the alignment issue, production time uh, alignment issue as well, or is that a separate step in the process? No, it's 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 very much related. I mean, the reason that that was such a big part of the original Google design is because they have so many individual components and and, right. and optical pieces right. in that design. You know, each laser channel and each receiver was individually aligned and that's why it's such an expensive system that's why the alignment is such a big deal the future of lidar is you have to reduce the number of components number of chips and that's what our technology enables right when you can steer with no moving parts you can essentially our whole lidar system is three chips and the beam steering chip is one of those excellent right how is the company different today in how it makes things and what it sells into than when you first uh, envisioned it? It's a good question. I, I think it's it's playing out very similar to what I imagine. Of okay. course, I'd like it to happen even faster. Sure. But you know, compared to where we started, it was really a napkin sketch 
four or five years ago, right? The, it wasn't even based on academic research. This was really technology that we developed completely from scratch. So now to be at the point where we are manufacturing, we're launching to production this year, we have customers, you know, we have our LIDARs and our parts in the field, you know, that's that's very gratifying to go from from nothing to something that's that's being deployed. Excellent. When you look a few years out into the future, where do you think you'll be making the biggest difference? You mean in terms of what market or? What market, where where will people look a few years from now and go, wow, this is really different from what it was five years ago. And it's because uh, Lumotive's technology allows us to have LiDAR that's mm. has all these features for this yeah. application. Yeah, I, I really hope the perception of LiDAR changes. You know, I really want, I want it to be as common and as obvious to people as cameras are, right? And right now people think of LiDARs as a completely distinct category. You know, they think of them almost like precision scientific instruments, you know, to your alignment. That's right. That's because that's traditionally the way they've been. And I think our technology will change the way that LiDAR is perceived as that it's low cost, it's it can be it can be everywhere. That's just not the case right now. So pervasiveness is what you'd like yeah, to see. Ubiquitous. Yeah. I'll end it with this note. Every time I go to wash my hands with the automatic washing dispenser or try to get a, uh, some paper It doesn't work very well, right? I go, yeah. could somebody please invent the LiDAR that's cheap enough to put into this yeah. thing so it actually works? Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, kind yeah, of I'm holding up my phone right now. If, you know, if each LiDAR can be as as cheap as, you know, you have three three cameras in your phone. Why is that? Because they're extremely cheap, right? Excellent. Very high performance, so LiDAR can be the same. Right. So Gleb and Sam, uh, at CES, things move so fast that the 10 or 15 minutes you uh, uh, spent with me at, at relativistic speed is worth like half an hour, 40 minutes uh, in the other <laughs> venue. So thank you so much for spending the time, and I uh, hope uh, I get to see you uh, back back home as well. Sounds good. Yeah. Right. Thanks thank for you having us. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ali.